He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back to another episode of Hack City. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by my former teammate and roommate from the University of Rhode Island. Joining us today, we have a fantastic guest, a member of the 30 under 30 coaches list for 247 Sports, that being Coach Chad Savage, who is the wide receivers coach and recruiting coordinator for Colorado State. Coach, appreciate you taking the time. You were telling us a second ago that you just wrapped up training camp. How did all that go, and, and how did uh, wrapping up go as you're preparing for this this first game? Yeah, first off, I want to appreciate you guys for taking the time to have me on the podcast. It's a, it's an honor to speak with you guys tonight. Um, like you said, we just finished up fall camp. We just finished up this past Saturday, and now we're transitioning to our in-season schedule. Uh, the, the players started school yesterday with their first day of school. And now we're just getting ready to trying to keep stacking days. We'll get ready for Washington State. We'll play them September 2nd at home. During training camp, you know, me and Joe both went through it for four years, saw a lot, uh, saw a lot from the coaches also. Was there a p- specific position group coach that you would spar with a lot? I know that uh, my offensive line coaches, it wasn't always the D-line guys. It was no. the, the DB's coach you would go at it with. For, <laughs> and they're, they're so far away from each other. But did you have a – and any good drawing uh, uh, with any of the, the other position coaches? No, I mean, no no particular coach of mine. Uh, we always have fun with our staff, and we'll compete when the time is right, especially with receivers. We do one-on-ones, DBs, yeah. Coach Bakes, Coach Panom. We'll always give give each other a little jab, but at the end of the day, we all know we're working for the same goal. I, I know Sean's stance on this for, for training camp. So I was a long snapper. I was a specialist, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of coaching staffs have different approaches for handling specialists. So I need to ask, like, what are your thoughts on specialists not doing that much, like them standing around most practice? Because I personally am an advocate for that. I think that they deserve as much time off as possible. So I'm just curious, like, as a position coach, what you think? No, we <laughs> we always just joke around with our, our special teams coordinator, Tommy Perry, and, and the specialist because we had a practice in the scrimmage the next day, and he was saying he's got he's to rest the kicker. And coach was like, well, he's only kicked one day. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, that's not the case. Especially, so they're doing their own work on the on the other field when when we're doing our team periods. But it's always just a joke around the around the building. The specialists are always doing their own deal. Yeah, it's fun. They like to to, to rub it in a little bit. Also, exactly. it's, it's, it's it's great. You're you're exhausted. You your embraces all day, ankle, knee, arm, and then they're just over there kicking the ball around, having a good time, that's throwing the ball goes. more than the quarterback sometimes. It's, that's it's how it baffling. goes. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we used to we used to play golf too with the with the tackling donut. That's always a fun time, but not to not to take us too far uh, down that rabbit hole, uh, Coach. So you were uh, part of the staff with Dale Lindsay, who is recently retired. He finished up his time at San Diego. You also were telling us beforehand you were a member of that roster for for a period of time as well. First, I just want to ask, like, what was it like being around Coach Lindsay? Because in FCS circles, like we're, we're really in on the FCS scene, being two former FCS players. We cover it a lot on this show. Being around him, he's a legend in those circles. Like what, what was it like being around him and maybe some of those things that you were able to take from him? Yeah, I mean, I, first off, I'm, I'm forever in debt for, for Coach Dale Lindsay. Um, he gave me two opportunities that I'm forever grateful for. One, being a, a player in his program, a student assistant, actually three opportunities, and then giving me my, my first full-time job. And I think when you hear the name Dale Lindsay, you think winner. Um, one of the winningest coaches in, in college football. Um, and really with his philosophy and traits, something that I grabbed from him, and there's no shortcuts. He stood firm on toughness. He stood firm on being disciplined. He was all about the players. 
he didn't care about hype, flash, what the media had to say. He cared about his team. He protected the players. And we just had we knew we had a job to do. And we showed up every single day and rolled up our sleeves and went to work. And the philosophy that I really want to take from him is what we got is all we need. And there were schools that we played that had scholarships or they might have had a bigger budget, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, we came together and we're a tight knit team. And the end of the day, it, it stacked some wins in the win column. Yeah, he did just so many amazing things, and that that to me immediately stuck out in my in your bio. That I'm like, oh, San Diego, the the connection there to to Coach Lindsey. He is like all time football guy, just like one of the, the <laughs> most. He fits the description of like who you want to be a head coach, especially at an FCS program. I, I have to bring up because he had one of the most amazing quotes of the off season, and I know that like his. Stepping away from the program was like a little bit of a controversial issue. He said he didn't retire. But the quote that he had in, in, this, in this article that was on CBS Sports was, if you just sit at home, you become a vegetable and vegetables die sooner or later. And I just wanted to get your thoughts like being a coach under him. <laughs> Is that basically what it's like being around him all the time? <laughs> no, I mean, he's that's first off that comment spot on. I mean, <laughs> that's that's definitely the, something that he would say. Uh, but he – He's an old school guy, but he is he's very he's one of the funniest guys I know, too. Um, mm. And it's, it's unfortunate what what did happen in San Diego. I mean, it's all a lot of he say, she say. We, we all really don't know what happened. But obviously, there's what he said to the media and he did everything he did for that program. He, he won. <clears throat> um, obviously, the leadership wanted to go in a different direction, but he's a guy that protected his players he stood firm on like on like I said on toughness discipline and he was an old school guy who didn't micromanage he trusted his assistants and he shared a vision and a culture that everyone believed in and it was easy for guys to buy into uh coach still on the uh the the smaller school topic since you uh played at one were there any attributes that you were able to that you think you took with yourself after playing somewhere where if you're not FBS, it doesn't get as much spotlight. And I believe just for myself and other FCS players that you really got to love the game to go out there every single week, all year playing it, knowing that you're not on national TV every week. And then I think that kind of builds up not just a chip on your shoulder, but some character as well. Uh, Did you find yourself getting anything like that after your playing time? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, my, my playing career was short-lived there, um, but just having the opportunity to be there, to play there, go to school there, and to work there, going to a, a small school and coaching in a small school, you grow to appreciate and respect the game. And you said the word love, and it's all about the love for the game. At a smaller school, you're not as fortunate as some of the bigger schools, especially at the FBS level. You don't have the amount of staff members, so you have to wear multiple hats. Um, and then you just see guys. I mean, you, got, you see guys that are working – night jobs, working for on school campus, whether it be in the, in the dining hall, being an RA, working jobs so they can pay their tuition. I mean, it's all for love for the game. And, I mean, one of my best friends is Jamal Agnew. This guy was overlooked like crazy. He didn't have any scholarships coming out of high school, goes to USD, which is a non-scholarship program, ends up being drafted by the Lions. Now he's an all-pro kick mm. returner, and he's playing for the Jaguars. So it just shows if you love and respect the game, it doesn't matter – if you go play for a big FBS school, power five school, at the end of the day, the cream does rise to the top. And if you love it and respect it, you'll have success. So you or I mentioned this earlier, you were included on the 
30 under 30 list for 247 sports. And I'm sure this is probably something that you get asked about a lot because it's an amazing achievement to, to be a part of this. I, the first thing is, was it unexpected? Like, were, were, was it kind of out of the blue that you found out that you were mentioned on this list? And like, why do you think and what things about your coaching style and approach do you feel maybe separates you and helps put you in this position? Yeah, I mean, it was a surprise. I, I didn't know until I saw it on Twitter, to be honest, and another coach nice. down the hallway <laughs> had sent it. Um, but it's always an honor to be recognized alongside some of the best coaches in the game. And I'm fortunate and grateful to have the position I that I have at my age, but I don't think it's by accident. I worked hard to be where I am today, and I've been fortunate to be groomed by many great coaches, and mm -hmm. I take pride in doing my job the right way. I take pride in doing and really excelling in recruiting, being the best in my position group, owning my areas. I recruit Southern California, the LA area, San Diego, Arizona. I want to own my area and then developing my position group. And I work for a guy, Jane Orvell, who wrote a book about receiver play. So I'm fortunate to just continue to learn from him every single day. I work for guys, some of the best offensive minds in the game, Tanner Ingstrand, Christian Taylor, um, Timmy Chang, Eric Scott, some of the some of the key guys that have had success in this profession, and I'm just fortunate to be groomed by some of those guys. It seems like the uh, the receiver knowledge prowess at Colorado State is pretty strong, and it's starting to to wear off a little bit. Uh, Tory Horton's name has been uh, making the rounds as a as a next level uh, player after college. Just for the uh, those that maybe not keep up with the the Power Fives as much, can you break down Tory Horton a little bit? Some of the attributes, let people get to know Horton as a player and possibly a leader. Yeah, Tory Horton, he's he's everything you want in a player. He's the ultimate competitor. He's one of the hardest workers, and at the end of the day, he's a great human being. He's someone that you want to be around, not just when football's going around, but if you got free time on the weekend, he's the teammate you want to be around. In terms of his play, he's a threat wherever he is on the field. He can stretch the field in the vertical game. He can win on in-breaking routes. He can change the game in one play on special teams. Uh, and we're just glad he's coming back. And he also has an additional year on top of this year. He had a hell of a year last year. He was a top 10 receiver in the country, a uh, top guy in the conference. But there's no secret behind it. The way he prepares and works every single day, I mean, he, he earns those results. And I think it comes down to loyalty because when we were at Nevada and took the Colorado State job, when he first got in the portal, he had every school in America calling him. And that didn't stop, right? This past offseason, him and I have a real good relationship. He would put his phone on my desk, and you could hear some of the SEC Pac-12 teams calling him, selling, wow. him the, selling him the dream. And he's a loyal guy. He didn't have many offers coming out of high school. His family's very loyal, but he has a good foundation coming from his family in we're just fortunate that he is a Ram and we can be, he can be a guy that we can game plan around every Saturday. It, it's kind of become a, a, I feel like a typical question a lot of times when you listen to interviews with, with coaches, but you, you kind of just brought it up there where these really good G5 programs that are developing guys eventually get approached. Those players get approached by big power five programs. Like in what way, like how do you handle that? Like how do you try to approach handling those guys, getting those opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to the relationship that you do have with the players, and I know that's a cliche saying, but at the end of the day, football is the ultimate team sport, right? And when these guys get in the portal, or even if they're not in the portal and their phone starts buzzing from other schools, those schools are buzzing their phone so they can help out that team, 
right? Why go help out that team when you can help yourself and build your brand when you're already established yourself at Colorado State? There's no point to go play at a bigger school and be a depth guy when you're not guaranteed to be a starter. Help yourself, help your brand, help mm. your your drive stock when you can just keep building your brand here at Colorado State. How does uh, how does Horton work with the uh, the other receivers? Because we had two guys our last two years that were getting NFL looks and scouts were on the sidelines, and it seemed to have elevated the tempo, the energy from that position group. A couple offensive linemen had the same thing where it just seems like, okay, there's a feeling on a team when you know somebody could go. And yeah. I think that gives a program optimism for every other player that is there. Has, has any of that rubbed off on the rest of the uh, the team and the program seeing, hey, you know, if Tory's doing it, maybe I could I could do it too. No doubt. He he definitely does elevate our standard, elevate our the way we practice, to elevate we we conduct our meeting our meetings in our receiver room. But he doesn't let I mean he gets <laughs> he gets recognized every single week by a watch list, all this stuff. And he right. even tell, he tells the whole team that stuff doesn't mean anything. He's all about the team. He's he'll do whatever it takes to win games. And he even said he wants to win games, whether he's getting less receptions, less yards this year. He wants to see more wins in the win column. And Tory's great because he's not afraid to ask questions. He'll help younger guys. He'll give them stories that they can relate to when he was a freshman, sophomore in the same shoes as them. So he can, those guys can relate to him. And, but he's a guy that leaders create leaders. And he knows when he's gone after this year, next year, somebody else has got to step up. So he's grooming the next guys behind him to really take over his spot for when he does leave. So coach, you're a really great recruiting coordinator. And I think that that's been one of the things I've noticed uh, when I was reading up on you and getting all of our information on you. So Sean and I thought would be really fun is if we pulled our, high school uh, tapes. If we've just pulled like a clip, uh, one each from our, our huddles, and we just wanted your opinion. We just okay. wanted it. Like if you had to pick one of us for your team, an offensive tackle, Sean was a, was a left tackle. If you can't tell from his, uh, his g ginormous head. And I was a long snapper, as I, I mentioned earlier. So I'm going to, I'm going to show Sean's and then I'm going to show mine. And then you got to let me know what we think here. So Sean, some commentary if you'd like to provide it. This is the clip. Yeah. All right. So I'm playing center here. I'm also 260. So that's where I'm right there in the circle. Uh, so I decided I got to take it for a ride here. Uh, he <laughs> tried to hip toss me, and then I, I you know, not a great finish. Finish. I, I, I had Finisher. to finish him. But, uh, <laughs> but look, I didn't know. I, the, the huddle changed a little bit, and we didn't really know how to craft them. So that play got buried into like the second minute, where I think, excuses. you know, if it was in the first minute, or maybe one of the first couple plays, maybe I get a couple more looks. <laughs> so you don't know how to edit videos, basically. No, I didn't know. Out. I didn't. I did not know. I, it was me, my mom, and my dad, and it was. It's a. It's a whole new world. And nowadays, guys are clipping their videos and putting it on Twitter. Yeah. And then you can add every coach in America. Right. 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 All right. Here's my big dumbass playing long snapper. Here's me. You can't. Oh, you can't even see the snap. <laughs> a lot of redirecting going on. Not not an athlete, not a very good athlete. So if you had to pick one of us, coach, who who makes the cut at uh, at, at Colorado State? <laughs> uh, we got to go with the center. Oh, nice. Oh. oh, there we go. He's not getting on the field. No, I, mean, I can play just, it all. I can go tackle, guard, or center. I mean, just just watching the clip. There's there's fight. There's finish. There's some body control. I just I can't get a fair evaluation, Joe, just based off the snap. Uh, that's a fair. That's a fair Appreciate thing. That. I, I, I should. 
I should have pulled up my, some of my uh, my camp tape of me going ten for ten at those. those oh, here we go. Now it's a little. Now <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, coach, last uh, kind of dumb question we had, and then we're gonna let you get out of here. What Sean and I were were talking about this this week about how a lot of coaches when they've been around for a long time, they've got like canned go to cliche sayings that they use. Now you're young enough in the coaching world that maybe you don't have one of those sayings that you always lean on, but like, is there one that you really like that you think you might want to adopt? Like, do, do you know, you kind of get at what I'm saying here? Or is yeah. it my, <laughs> um, too dumb of a question? Just I mean, a no- good coach speak, get out of jail free card, basically. <laughs> As of right now, nothing comes to mind, but I guarantee when I'm on the field, I guarantee there's something I always say. I just don't know. I guarantee it. Okay. And so I think if you guys were just on the sidelines watching practice one day, you'd be like, why is Savage always saying this? I guarantee <laughs> you. Are there any, uh, are there any uh, typical ones that frustrate you at times? If you hear coaches at the podium saying it, you know, question about next week, question about the opponent, you know, is there anything that, that just kind of just chafes you a little? Uh, not necessarily. I, I don't like guys that are very self-oriented. I like guys when they kind of mm-hmm. just push it off on the team and they can talk about the team having success, but when they talk about themselves, especially as a coach, I mean, you don't want that. <laughs> no, for sure. Well, coach, appreciate you uh, bearing along with us for the last obnoxious part of the interview. But uh, it was great having you on. And I we know for a fact that in a couple of years, five, ten years, Sean and I are going to be pulling up this interview uh, and showing it to people because you're going to be on to some great, amazing things. Really means a lot. And we're definitely going to be rooting for you and the entire Colorado State team, as well as Tori Horton to do some great things in 2023. Awesome. Again, I appreciate you guys taking the time and I look forward to staying in touch. Make sure you check out Bet Online for all of your sports betting needs. For anything that I do betting related, I go on over to betonline.ag and I use promo code BELIEVE50. Bet Online has all of the latest updated odds for the NFL and college football seasons. Anything you need, whether it's futures, live in game betting, no matter what, your football betting needs are met at Bet Online. And again, make sure you use that promo code believe 50 b-l-e-a-v five zero to get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube